Hi, and welcome to the Markeisha Hall Podcast, Episode 3. I'm your host, Markeisha, your IP parent empowerment partner, certified autism travel professional, and CEO of Hall Legacy, LLC. I have four kids, with my youngest being on the spectrum, and as a former special education teacher and special needs mom, I want to help you go from the diagnosis to daily living. And today we have a special guest, Andre Hall, who is RSP teacher and also my husband. So let's get started. Today I'm going to use the A word. The A word? Advocate. Let's get ready to rumble. But before we do that, I'm going to hand the mic over to Dre so he can tell you a little bit about um, his background in special education. Really quickly. Um, Obviously, I have about 17 years teaching experience. Uh, I started out as a general ed teacher in uh, Paramount, California. Um, Spent a couple years there. Uh, Transitioned to Rialto. Um, I've even been in uh, Etiwanda um, school district in uh, Rancho Cucamonga area. And so about that time, I transitioned into uh, special ed in uh, a non-public school uh, in Pomona. And that's where I kind of got my start in uh, special education. And ever since then, I've been uh, in special education and I'm currently in San Bernardino uh, school district teaching eighth grade. And uh, I couldn't foresee myself doing anything different. Now, in the world of special education, when this word comes up, we think of a fight, a one-two punch. I didn't get what I want, so I'm hiring an advocate, and I'm not knocking that. All parents must do what they feel is best for their family, and at times it is necessary to get more help. But for the purpose of this episode, we're going to view the word from a different stance. And for a working definition with two teachers here... Um, We're going to go with uh, advocate, one who pleads the cause of another and advocacy seeks to ensure that all have their voice heard on issues that are important to them, protect and promote their rights, have their views and wishes genuinely considered when decisions are being made about their lives. So here's a few questions for you. Who do you know that fits the above description? Who will be there through all the stages of their life? Who dreams about what their future looks like? The answer to that question is you. No one has the qualifications as you do because your child is a part of you. So between the both of us, we've been in a lot of IEPs. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I I stopped counting. Um, Including our son's IEP. And um, what do you think you would tell parents that were what's what's important about advocating for their child. Well, obviously you're the the biggest advocate if that's your child. Um, I know one of the things we preach at my school currently is collaboration amongst uh, teachers, staff, and lessons, and just those things. But as a a advocate for your child, you need to also collaborate with those teachers, with that staff, about the educational process. What's going on with your child at the, at school? It's not, it doesn't have to be combat, combative, but you just need to be a part of that collaboration uh, with your children's individual uh, educational plan. That That's what it is. It's for your child. Now, I think that um, the fight comes in when parents 
aren't um, aware of what their rights are and they feel like the team isn't listening to um, what the child's needs are. That can be 100 percent true. Uh, A lot of times those arguments and those fights come from um, people just not communicating very well. So, yes. So in order to be a great advocate for your child, there are some um, skills that you can work that needs to be worked on. And the number one is communication. It's your um, responsibility to communicate with the teachers um, and collaborate. Those things are two of the most important things, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Communication with the teachers is is the first thing, Um, because I think we lose track and we expect teachers to do certain things. But let's be real. They have a lot of students um, and sometimes things can fall through the cracks. So it is your job as a a parent, as an advocate um, to, you know, make sure you keep that that communication front most, uh, you know, in their minds. We were talking a little bit earlier about um, my opinion, and I think you agreed a little bit about how the school system is kind of set up. Um, We're using the term fight and boxing, and we don't want that to be the case because we are both on both sides of the table. I'm not in the classroom right now, but Dre is, and our son, as we said before, also has an IEP. And we feel as teachers that we want to help we um aren't as familiar with your kiddo so we want to hear what's going on but also we have to think about this as parents is that the district is a business right the business is our kids that doesn't sound very good but that's what it is true (laughs) and so they're looking at numbers numbers and programs and programs have budgets and then we get into math and I don't like to talk about math. And then she loses it. <laughs> but let's all think about it this way. The district is a business. So they're doing their job to keep in the budgets that they have set for different um, students. They're yeah. just trying to make sure they provide for each one of the students. And so the teachers get into teaching, not because they're getting paid, a lot of money, (laughs) but because they love to teach. And then there's the parents who just are thinking about their child just got, maybe just got diagnosed. What is this world that I've just been um, thrown into? And I just want these things for my child for their future. So that's like three different visions. It's a lot. It's definitely a lot that is, um, you're trying to figure out and and get um, situated. So, you know, as a parent, you know, I continue to talk about communication as a, as a teacher on that side of the, um, the table. I don't mind when a parent comes in and tells me, Hey, this is what my kid needs. Um, These are the struggles of my child. Um, How can you help us improve? I welcome the information as a teacher. I want you to tell me what you think your child needs because now I have a, a, I can make a game plan. I can make a strategy on how to best help you and your child show some growth um, because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for children to grow as young men and women. So as a teacher, when you hear that someone has an advocate, not that they're advocating for their child, but there is an advocate, what, 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 
what 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 um it obviously it raises your eyebrows because now you have to delve into what went wrong and when i get a case to where it's a situation where a teacher may a child may have an advocate now i have to do you know some research i need to figure out where it went wrong and why it went wrong and i can't make up for whatever mistakes a parent may feel happened in the past what i can do is control um, the situation currently, how are we doing now? And so first and foremost, I look to communicate with the parent early um, as much as I can. And like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, um, ask them what they need. Because a lot of times I think parents just feel they aren't listened to. We don't listen to what they say they need. And I try to do my best to make sure my team um, adheres to you know some of the things that that parent may want so that they begin to trust us that I have the best interest of their child at, at heart and if they feel that I do then I think the process is much easier so how do you how do you best communicate that to the parents that are already feeling because I'm I know that you've had some I call them that mom cases <laughs> high profile they're like uh oh I call them eyebrow raisers. Um, so if you know that the case is coming in hot. Now, this particular case that we were talking about, they didn't have, they didn't hire an advocate. Mm-hmm. They were the advocate for their child mm-hmm. using the definition that we've been using earlier. So what, how do you, um, what does that look like? What kind of communication? Were we talking emails? We're talking phone calls? I get on the phone as much as I can right away because I think you want to. um, It is much better to, you know, hear a person's voice, um, you know, their tone when they say certain things. So I definitely try to get on the phone right away and see how willing a parent is uh, to communicate with me on that, that, you know, on that phone. And offer, uh, obviously, we're in COVID right now and no one's at school, but an in-person meeting. And if they, if I can get an in-person meeting with them to go over, you know, some of their concerns, some of the things that they're looking forward to where um, I can put their mind at ease. And that's to me, that is the first thing. And I, I, you need to do that early as a parent, you know, from both sides of the table. I need to meet with those teachers right away. I need to make sure that they understand what I'm looking for. Um, and give them the opportunity as a teacher. Like I said, I just want the opportunity to help you and your child show growth and, and reach the goals that you want them to have. But we can't do that if we don't, you know, have some common ground or communication, a conversation early to where I know what your child's strengths and weaknesses are so that I can make sure my team, you know, facilitates those strengths and minimizes those weaknesses. Ooh, he's using the big words today. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> Um, so advocacy for your child using the definition that we had doesn't just happen at the IEP, however. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you are that child's advocate. You, you're like my wife likes to say the F word fighting for that child. So fighting doesn't always mean to have to be combative. You just want certain things in place so that your child can succeed. And that starts at the beginning of the year. So I don't have a problem like that. Many teachers don't. Um, they want that information so that they know we don't we don't want the problems. We want everything to be as smooth as possible. And so, like I said earlier, we can't we can't make up for whatever mistakes were, you know, in the past or whatever happened in the past. But we definitely can control the future. Now, 
Um, we know firsthand, as we said, now we're all, that was on the teacher side, but as parents, we had a tough few uh, months here with, with Joe's IEP. She's a fighter. <laughs> um, I'm an advocate for my child. Fighter. No, I don't fight. Um, but I will if I have to. No. Um, <laughs> I believe in building relationships, though. So I did. We did have several issues as several parents have are having because of COVID. Everything looks so different. Um, and I'm feel blessed that I'm on the, that I do know both sides of the table because I did know what to ask for. But prior to that is that I build relationships with all the personnel at the school, anybody that's going to help keep an extra eye on all my children. Absolutely. I did ask, absolutely. I bake them cookies. I bring them stuff. I talk to them, not just for Josiah, for all, um, all four of the kids. And those relationships come into um, play. Not that you have to bake cookies, but just letting them know who your kids are, what is their interest, just more about them besides um, what well, we're talking about IEPs, but besides what what's on the IEP. Because and I'm sorry, to an IEP only tells a, a small part of the story. So obviously, that's why I said that communication um, outside the IEP with that teacher um, between the teacher and parent is very important because I can then get a grasp of and a good feel of that student, you know, that likes that dislikes um, ways to communicate with them best. Uh, what their interests are, um, and sometimes those things don't get communicated in an IEP, especially one with an advocate, because everybody wants to be, you know, about business, and everybody's a little uh, uptight about the situation. When we don't want those th- that situation to be like that, we want it to be relaxed and have those strengths uh, communicated so that the whole team can help this child be successful. And I think um, while we're having this conversation, is to let parents know that it is okay to communicate with the principal, with the secretary, with the nurse, if your son or daughter has different kind of issues that need um, health, issues, health issues. Yes. Not just at the IEP meeting, not even, even if they don't have IEP. Um, one of our kiddos has allergies. Mm-hmm. So we had to communicate that, look, every baseball season, he doesn't have pink eye. He has allergies. This is what the doctor says. Just communication with with everyone there is best. You have the right to do that. I know a lot of we're our oldest is 17. So we've been in school for a long time. But I remember when we were um, new, when she was our first child in school, um, learning that. And we have to remember that we're talking to some parents that this is their first child that may be on IEP which is a whole new ball game. Just having a first baby be the in kinder and preschool is different. We're telling you as seasoned parents, um, trying to be <laughs> to build that communication with all the personnel at the school. No one's going to know your child. Like, you know, them, the more that they know about your child, the more they can help and say, Oh yeah, he did say that he likes butter beans cafe Maybe I'll use that as an incentive for 
the child to, um, you know, perform better in class. That's 100% accurate. That is, that is great information because just because you're communicating with a teacher, it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be a, a combative situation. I'm giving you, if I was a parent, I'm giving you information that will help you develop a relationship with the, with my child. And that will benefit everyone because I want my child to come home and say, I have the best teacher in the world. I love my teacher. That's just another way, another person um, you know, like-minded person who can communicate with my child and make my child want to go to school. Cause we all know if you want to do something, you, you will do it. And so the more that that child wants to go to school and wants to be in that classroom because the parent and the teacher have communicated well, that just, I mean, it just makes a, a world of difference for that child. So we can talk about this. We actually have these conversations in our house because we are both special education teachers all the time. And we know that there's um, three types of parents in IEP. And there's the ones that are done and they're just ready to hire legal to take care of all of their needs. I'm mad. <laughs> then there's the ones that just do not know what they do not know. So they're not able to advocate for their child because they're not sure what to advocate for. And what I'm challenging you to be is another type which is an empowered type. And that begins with knowing the process and what you and your child's rights are in regards to the IEP document. And why? Because your child will have an IEP unless you choose to not have one, which is a right that you have, um, or you want to homeschool, um, which we will be also having some awesome moms on here that are doing this successfully. And if there's any dads out there that's doing a wonderful job homeschooling. Represent, represent. <laughs> Let us know. We'll love to have you on the podcast. Um, your child will have an IEP until they're 22. So your team is going to change every year, but you and your child will not. You guys will be the staple. So it's important for you to learn what this process looks like, what your rights are. That's not a negative thing. Advocating for your child is not a negative thing. Don't let anyone tell you that. Yeah, and you don't you don't have to pay for anybody to advocate for you. I think that's the main thing she really wants to convey is that if you know your rights and you know what you want to have your child be doing at school, then you can definitely advocate, you know, yourself. And it doesn't you know, I know we've probably said this, you know, a number of times, it doesn't have to be combative. Um if you just very if you know your your rights and you know what you want your child to have, uh, I'm, you know, no profession is perfect, but I guarantee you 90% of those teachers will just do what you ask because they want to make the situation smooth. They want um, this to work. And so obviously, you know, don't harbor feelings going from teacher to teacher. I would definitely recommend that. Don't put that negativity on, on one teacher because another teacher has done you wrong. Um, a lot of times teachers want to make you happy. Um, and so they, they will do what you ask, you know, as long as those communications are done, you know, respectfully, I think any teacher will do what, what you ask them to do. Yes, we love teachers, but we love our babies more. Okay. <laughs> In um, the Empowered Parent IP Guide that you can actually find on my website, there's a page in there that I utilize for all the kids um, before I was doing this is like a meet my child. And I get to talk about, show them a picture, maybe before the school year starts, um, tell them a few things 
that they like and a few things that they dislike. And um, what else is on there? Oh, the best ways to communicate with me, rather it be email, text. There's lots of cool apps out there that I'm sure a lot of teachers are using, like Remind and Class Dojo. But if those things don't work for you, then it's best for you to tell the teacher what's the best way to communicate um, with you so that they so that you guys can build that relationship. No, I, I agree. And um, if there's anything that, you know, a teacher needs to know, make sure they know it early, please. That's the best way. Um, don't wait months. Don't wait for the progress reports to come out, the report cards to come out and say, hey, what's going on in the class? I didn't see I mean, he's struggling. Um, you know, obviously, to be an involved parent, to be a good advocate, you have to be there on a daily basis. And that's not always easy. And I, I totally understand that. Um, dealing with, uh, Josiah, I've learned a lot from the, the parent side. And so, um, I give grace to my parents, but I also give grace to my teachers because this is a changing society, um, as far as what we're having to deal with. But I know everybody wants to put that child's, um, needs, you know, first and foremost. So we just have to find ways to communicate that to make sure those things are happening, uh, whether or not it's in the classroom or, or through the computer screen. It's just crazy times right now. So, what we want you guys to do as a homework assignment, right? Teachers give out homework assignments. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Who's going to be doing the homework? Is to email your child's teacher and just give them three things that your kiddo is doing well at. It doesn't have to be academic. No, no. Right? It could be something cool that they just Home started related. to do. Right. Um, Because those things are important. Life skills, it can be something that a new food that they try, just three things that you can brag about that's going on in your child's world. And then maybe three concerns that you can that you may have or that you see and three ways you might like to see that those issues solved so that you can get the conversation started. It's all about communication, collaboration and advocacy for your child is something that is awesome. Yeah, that that is a hundred percent correct. When you talk about um, you know offering up ideas for your teacher, say, "Hey, I do see these problems at home. What if we were able to do this? Does this work? Would you be able to communicate or, or help um, you know my son or daughter with this by doing this?" If you give teachers a, an idea of what you're looking for, um, they'll jump right on it. And so they say, oh, okay, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that working. I can definitely see myself doing that. And now it's not a combative situation. It's not, I told you to do this. It's now a, a team situation. And that's ultimately what an IEP is. And it's an IEP team, adults coming together, um, for one greater purpose, which is your child. So if you can find ways to collaborate with that teacher and say, Hey, this is an idea I had, um, does this work for you? And is this possible that we do this? Now you start a conversation with that teacher that, well, the teacher may say, well, this doesn't work, but I can do this. What do you think of this? And can we do this? And, you know, I a hundred percent agree. A lot of times, if you just tell a teacher anything, they're smart, they're creative people who are willing to try, um, you know, any idea you have. I have seen Dre do really interesting things. <laughs> During COVID for his students, I have seen him do lots of interesting things um, 
because he wants to see them succeed. I know that's the heart of a lot of teachers out there. And it's the heart of parents to not see the regression. We we did see some of that uh, with Josiah. It's hard. It's hard to see um, some of the behaviors that we hadn't seen come back. But the first thing that we did was reach out. Didn't wait for an IEP meeting to happen. I reached out Even one. You can call an IEP anytime you want. You, that is your right. But it doesn't have to be that formal situation. Just reach out to a teacher and say, hey, I'm seeing these. Are you seeing this? This is my concern. What do you think about this? Can we fix this or can we change this? So it's all about communication. Communicate. You don't have to wait till the IEP to communicate. Your homework assignment is to communicate. Send an email or a text, class dojo to your teacher, your child's teacher about celebrating three things that they are doing well does not have to be towards their um, IEP goals and three concerns that you may have. It may be one concern. You may not have any concerns. And then um, if you do have concerns, what, um, what do I want to say? How can those uh, concerns be addressed? What are your ideas? That's giving, that's taking your seat at the table also. Always go into a meeting. Um, obviously you, you may have some concerns, but have a plan to say, Hey, this is what I think maybe we can do. Um, you know, obviously it's easy to go into a situation and, and, and say what the problem is, but we need to have solutions on from coming from both sides of the table. And I know Markeisha touched on it earlier, uh, with the, Markeisha. yeah, Markeisha got to keep it professional. Um, uh, as far as, you know, when you talk about your child, it doesn't have to always be school related. I love when parents tell me things about their child outside of school, because now I can create a relationship or a bond uh, with that child about anything. And that's all I need, in my opinion. I just need a, you to leave the door as a child. I just need them to leave the door open so that I can start to work on that relationship. And once we have a relationship, I know, I believe I can get that child to perform at a higher rate as if, if I didn't have a relationship with them. So when they give me information, man, I suck it up like a sponge. I just take it. If they tell me, oh, the kid likes a certain type of popcorn or they have a, a favorite sports team, um, they like to cook, you know, they like to go places. I It just creates such a, a different bond and a different relationship with a child um, that is, is invaluable, you know, in this day and age. So I think we have um, hogged you guys' ear for a longer time than we had in the past. I think Dre might be starting his own podcast. The Dre podcast. <laughs> but we do want to let you know that the communication and collaboration can start with you. You do have a voice at the table and we look forward to hearing you use it. And again, I know we always talk about the homework, but those three points that she she mentioned, send uh, some form of communication with that teacher and, and do it now. I don't even if it's halfway through the school year or the end of the school year, reaching out to a new teacher, start that communication uh, with the with the teacher so that it is a, not an adversarial situation. Let's make it a team situation. We're all going in the same direction. And so I find that to be very important if I get emails from from parents just saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on. What's your thoughts? Man, I, it just warms my heart because now I feel like we're on the same page. So do those things and I guarantee you will get good results. Uh Oh, he guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> 
So if you um, thank you for your time again and hit the subscribe button and we look forward to uh, talking to you on episode four.